The Michigan Vaccine Project presents An Ounce of Prevention, Episode 1, Our Vaccine Stories. The COVID-19 pandemic has created profound impacts in all of our lives. The following stories illustrate the questions, concerns, and real-life experiences of Michiganders as they travel along their immunization journey and strive to make informed decisions about how to protect the health of their families, communities, and themselves. In today's episode, our purpose is not to advocate for immunization, but rather to share personal stories about vaccine hesitancy and motivation that may help to inform you as you contemplate your own decisions. We encourage everyone to consult with your healthcare providers to determine which immunizations may be right for you. To kick off our inaugural episode, let's meet the panel. Hello everyone, my name is Ashley Fleeser. I'm a health program instructor with Michigan State University Extension and I live in Whitehall, Michigan. Hello everyone, my name is Maddie Thorburn. I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan and I work in Allegan County as a health program instructor. Hello, my name is Corinne Lopez and I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan and I am a health program instructor in the Kalamazoo County area. And I'm Jim Monahan, the health communicator for the Michigan Vaccine Project based here in East Lansing. Ashley, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your vaccine journey? Thanks, Jim. I would love to share a little bit about my personal vaccine experience. When I was a child, my parents were diligent about making sure that my vaccinations were up to date according to the doctor's recommendations. While my father had a bit of a counterculture streak in him, it only seemed to apply specifically to jury duty notices, certainly not to immunizations. In sixth grade, when I stuck a pencil in my hand while doing silly things that adolescent boys do, the doctor advised me that I needed a tetanus booster. Later in life, I lived abroad for a number of years. When I returned stateside and visited my doctor, she advised me that some of my immunizations were not up to date. I did not hesitate to receive the necessary boosters. However, my doctor would also advise every year that I should receive a flu shot. I accepted her advice, but in my mind I thought, I'm relatively young and relatively healthy. I'll be fine if I get the flu. I don't need the flu shot. Save it for somebody who needs it more than me. Yeah, I have a flu story of my own too. During my childhood, I received yearly flu shots, but once I was living independently in college at Western, getting the flu shot didn't even cross my mind. One day in January of 2018, I got home from class and took a nap, and when I woke up, I was so weak and cold, and a few hours later, I had developed a high-grade fever of 104 degrees, and I ended up in urgent care. Even though I'm young and have no pre-existing conditions, the flu severely compromised my immune system, and I continued getting sick, resulting in swollen tonsils, which eventually backfired into even more. I got sick with upper respiratory infections, ear, nose, and throat illnesses, and eventually my doctor recommended I get my tonsils removed which is now very uncommon, partly because the recovery process is so lengthy and painful. I'm young with no underlying illnesses, but that experience was so difficult for me, so it has led me to now get my flu shot every fall. I get vaccinated to protect myself, my loved ones, and my community. Um, I have never gotten the flu vaccine, which is a bit embarrassing to admit because I am actually just getting over (laughs) the flu from this past weekend. Um, And also in November of 2019, 
I got very sick with the flu and uh, it was a very bad strain. I was sick for about a month. I did have to go back to work, but I definitely wasn't feeling very well. And so I will definitely get my flu shot every year. Um, in regards to other vaccines, I've never had a problem with them for my own kids. Um, however, earlier in 2019, when my granddaughter was born, I was very skeptical of the vaccine schedule uh, for her. And I thought, my kids never had this many shots at one time or so close together in sequence. Um, so, but fortunately my daughter listened to her pediatrician and uh, both of my grandchildren are fully vaccinated. Karine, I really appreciate your honesty there. Uh, it sounds like we all have experiences underestimating the flu and our experiences with the flu have impacted our early perceptions of the risk of COVID-19. I, I think March of 2020 is uh, one of those inflection points in history uh, where everybody will remember where they were and what they were doing. I was watching my daughter compete in a middle school volleyball tournament when I began to hear rumors among the other parents that the remainder of the tournament was going to be canceled due to the COVID-19 virus, which had only recently been detected in the United States. At the same time, Michigan State University and the University of Michigan were preparing to play in the Big Ten Conference basketball tournament. Michigan was actually on the court warming up for their game when the decision came to cancel the Big Ten tournament. Shortly after, the NCAA basketball tournament was canceled also. We all know what happened next. The United States and much of the world shut down. My employer at the time sent us home until further notice. Five weeks later, I was called back to work. From that point on, I made the 90-mile round trip at least five days a week and worked in person throughout the pandemic. Our supervisors were working remotely, and we were reporting in person. Our place of employment was a ghost town. It didn't take long for COVID to affect our ranks. With no supervisors on site and little communication or information from the employer, we were left to determine for ourselves who had COVID, how they were doing, and who they had been in contact with. Colleagues were hospitalized, some for weeks or months. Despite all this, I was skeptical of the vaccine development process. It felt too rushed. Doesn't this process normally take longer? Is there enough data? How do we know the vaccine is safe? I remember telling a coworker in conversation, I'm not going to be the first person in line to get the shot. I don't want to be a guinea pig. You know, Ashley, I underestimated the severity of COVID-19 also. I thought it was going to be like the yearly flu and that it was being overhyped in the media and that the people that normally were impacted by the flu would be the same people that were impacted by COVID-19. Um, and when the vaccines came out, I was skeptical and I thought, I'm not going to be one of the first ones to get the vaccine because I don't want to be a guinea pig. So I had the same kind of thinking that you did. I was also hesitant at first in December 2020. When I was talking to my dad about my hesitancy, my main concern was how fast the COVID-19 vaccine was developed. I was worried there wasn't enough research done before the rollout, but he quickly debunked the myths I brought to him. He explained to me how tens of thousands of people were involved in the vaccine trials, and the technology that makes mRNA vaccines possible has been in development for over a decade. 
It's interesting. My experience with the pandemic is a little different because in those early days, my wife and I were both working from home uh, remotely, but we had a newborn and a toddler. And so it was really hard to have to try to work uh, while also doing childcare at the same time. And I know every parent I've talked to who went through the same experience felt the same thing. It's It was exhausting. And I think that we had no vaccine hesitancy because we were just like, whatever it will take to make this end and to, to get us our lives back to normal, uh, we're all for it. That's interesting that you mentioned that, Jim. I know that uh, this pandemic has had not only a, a profound impact on, on our children and our students, but it's also had a profound impact on parents that have to care for young children. Um, I kind of have a little bit different story, but family played a huge part in my decision as well. Uh, My parents had recently become snowbirds, spending their winter months in Florida. Mom and dad are both in their late 70s. Mom's a two-time cancer survivor with a weakened immune system. They made it back to Michigan safely, but I spent the whole summer of 2020 masked, distanced, and unable to hug my parents for fear of being the one to get them sick. They returned to Florida for the winter of 2021, and were very diligent in taking all precautions to keep from contracting the virus. In April of 2021, my parents were making plans to return to Michigan for the summer at the same time that I was advocating for vaccine access for the employees in our union. Like many, I was tired of the pandemic restrictions. I wanted to travel, to dine out, to have friends over. But most of all, I just wanted to hug my parents again. When our employer made an error and extended vaccine eligibility to our employee group prematurely, Many of us jumped at the opportunity to get our shot. By that point, for me, the decision was simple. I would get the vaccine. After being hesitant initially, as I saw the death toll mounting and the amount of medical intervention necessary to keep someone alive, I changed my tune and I got vaccinated as soon as it was available. I am grateful that none of my immediate family members have been hospitalized or lost their lives. But sadly, one of my dear aunts passed away, and due to issues with traveling, I was the only relative outside of her siblings and her children and grandchildren who were able to attend her memorial service. And so I feel for those who were not able to get the vaccine or were skeptical about it and didn't get the vaccine um, until it was too late. Jim, I know you have personal experience with this. Um, I just want to give the listeners a trigger warning because Jim's story does involve the death of the death of a loved one. First of all, Corrine, we just want to acknowledge the loss of your aunt and to say how sorry we are that you and your family had to go through that experience. Unfortunately, I also have a story about losing a family member to COVID-19. I think this story underscores why I think it's so important for all of us to make informed vaccine decisions. So to start off this story, I wanna talk about a photo I have of my mom holding my son Ari after he was born in the fall of 2019. And in this photo, my mom has a big smile on her face as she's cradling this sleeping baby. And this photo is very important to me because it's actually the only photo that I have of my mom and Ari together. So let's go back to August of 2020. COVID case numbers are relatively low. So at this point in the pandemic, after not seeing my mom for nearly a year, 
my mom decided to take a risk and she drove from New Jersey to Michigan to visit me and my wife and her grandkids for a long weekend. And my mom loved hiking and she had never seen the dunes of Lake Michigan before. So we took her to the Rosie Mound Natural Area in Ottawa County. You might be familiar with it. And when we reached the lake shore, I took a picture of my oldest son, Seth, my wife, Emily, and my mom standing atop the sand with the waves crashing behind them. And everyone has a big smile in this photo, and my mom looks so happy. And I keep thinking about how much fun we had that day. But Ari isn't in the photo because he was riding along with me in a hiking backpack when I took it. And the next day, my mom headed back to New Jersey. As I was walking with her to her car, I remembered that I wanted to get a photo of her and Ari together because we only had that one. But right before I hugged her goodbye in the driveway, I thought to myself, eh, it's okay. I'll just get one next time. Well, my mom made it home safely, and she didn't get COVID on her trip, and we didn't get COVID. And now I keep thinking about how lucky we all were. You see, throughout that fall, as you might remember, COVID case numbers started to rise. So we didn't see my mom for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, and she missed her family, and we missed her, but we all wanted to be safe. At the start of the new year, my mom was trying to get vaccinated, but the vaccine was still not readily available. But distribution was ramping up, and it looked like she would be able to get vaccinated in February. And as soon as she was fully vaccinated, she said she was coming back to Michigan. But then, in late January of 2021, she got COVID. Over the course of a week, she started to feel really sick, was having trouble breathing. She was hospitalized and given oxygen and antiviral medicine, but her condition worsened, and the medical team told us she needed to be put on a ventilator. We had been talking to my mom in the hospital through video calls all week, but the night they were moving her to the ventilator, video calls were not available. So a nurse used her phone to patch my brother, sister, and I into a phone call with my mom over speakerphone. And we could barely hear one another because the sounds of the medical equipment were so loud. When you are put on a ventilator, there are no guarantees. We were told this might be the last time we ever spoke to my mom. We had to be hopeful and say goodbye at the same time. We told her how much we loved her and even though it was hard for her to speak, she told us how much she loved us. And we told her that no matter what happened, we would be okay because we had each other, because her and my dad were good parents who had prepared us for the world, and that no matter what happened, she would always be with us because she was a part of who we are. For the next two weeks, she remained sedated and on the ventilator. Even though we didn't know if she could hear us, we did video calls with her every day in hopes that the sound of our voices might bring her some comfort. After the first week on the ventilator, her kidneys began to fail and she was put on dialysis. And at the end of the second week, her heart stopped and she was gone. When I picture her now, 
I see her smiling on the shore of Lake Michigan. I can still feel that last hug in my driveway. And when I look at the photo of her holding newborn Ari, I hope that when Ari grows up, that he can see this photo and know that his grandmother loved him so much. The odds are overwhelming that if she had been able to get vaccinated, she would still be alive today. There would have been many more hikes and many more smiles, and her youngest grandson Ari would know her and remember her for the rest of his life. I'm relatively young and healthy, but when someone in your family dies of COVID, you wonder if you will die too, if you will be there for your kids, and if they will be ready for the world without you. When the opportunity came for my wife and I to get vaccinated at Ford Field in April of 2021, we took it, and I felt a huge sense of relief because I knew that this meant we would be protected and that we would be there for our kids the way our parents were there for us. So I suggest you take a moment to think about everyone who loves you and to think about what you mean to them. Even if you're healthy, even if you've already had COVID-19, getting vaccinated could save your life. Thank you for sharing that very personal story, Jim. I know it's a difficult thing to talk about, but it highlights the experiences of many others throughout the pandemic. I think it's important to recognize that in the United States, COVID-19 has claimed over 1 million lives, infected millions more, and impacted all of us. Today, we've shared our personal experiences with the COVID-19 pandemic and the pathways we took to vaccination. While our stories are all different, there is no question that vaccination has played a critical role in improving our own health and well-being and protecting the health of our family, friends, and neighbors. If you have questions about vaccination, we encourage you to speak with your physician to visit the MSU Extension Vaccine Education website at extension.msu.edu front slash learn about vaccines and to make an informed vaccine decision using evidence-based resources. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for new episodes. Support for the Michigan Vaccine Project and an ounce of prevention comes from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. MSU Extension programs and materials are open to all without regard to race, color, national origin, gender, gender identity, religion, age, height, weight, disability, political beliefs, sexual orientation, marital status, family status, or veteran status.